Okay, welcome to Better, everybody. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and joining me is the bright and brilliant and beautiful Julie Duffy. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey. What's happening? Um, we saw an amazing movie last night. At the theater. <laughs> this is a weird thing. This is unusual for Julie and I because I don't like the theater. John does not like the movie theater. I don't like movie theaters. <laughs> Why? Uh, it's like, it's kind of, cl- it's so cheesy somehow. I don't like the carpet. <laughs> there's like you know swirls and you know like i don't know there's, there's swirls the, it's like the festivity of it is all fake to me yeah. I, so yeah. there's something it's sticky there's yeah. nothing about it that really it draws be. me in it can be sticky so and and the fact that we have theaters at home now with yeah. you know surround sound and everything it's yep. like it's unnecessary but every once in a while a film comes along that demands that you see it on a big screen and this one i wanted to see yeah Go see this movie. It was amazing. It is called Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yeah. And it is a documentary about Mr. Rogers, yeah. of all things. Yeah. And um, this dude <laughs> is, he's who you think he is, exactly. Um, but so much more. But so much more. And and so badass awesome. I love this guy. And um, and I, I don't know what drew me to the movie, because you and I were talking before we didn't watch the show that much. Like we'd both seen it because we have younger brothers, right? Yeah. But we were not, no, we weren't fans. I don't like puppets, man, at all. You know, <laughs> puppets with baby dorky. voices. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. The yeah. sweater bit, I thought like, oh, dude, I'm on to you, man. It's, it's cheesy. You know, like it's cheesy and, you know, or you're, it's too soft and, you know, fluffy. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was always baffled. Like, I don't know if your little brothers watched it. So our little, our younger brothers are the same age. Um, Tom would be uh, Dave and uh, Brad's age. They were all born in 1967. I think I think Mr. Rogers started in 1967 or 68, so they were right in the same in the right wheelhouse to to watch it. Tom used to get up close to the TV, and I, I watched him watch it, and I was always baffled, like, what do you like about these puppets and yeah. stuff and this guy? And in retrospect, knowing what I know about my brother and how you know how fish out of water he felt to just have the unconditional acceptance and love of this guy and the consistency of that week after week after week. I get it. Yeah. 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 That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We were talking about that after we saw it and, and, you know, and have a deeper understanding of his message. Um, how grateful we are for that. Yeah. For Tom. Yep. Yeah. 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 Seriously. Right. Um, what do you think his main message was? Like, if, if, the, if we had the guy here on the podcast, uh, based on the movie, Mr. Rogers, what do you want kids to feel? What do you want them to know? What do you think the gist of that vi- whole vibe of those thousand, the thousand episodes of that show? Oh, what well, do you think the guy was getting at? Well, I mean, you know, basically, he fiercely <laughs> wanted to let every kid know that they had a friend and a neighbor, that they were not alone that they were connected, and that they were, uh, there was only one like them in the whole world, and that they were uh, perfect just the way they were. Yeah. Um, the second layer, I would say, is that he was about the, um, you know, emotional life of children and wanted them to know that all their emotions were okay. Um, you know, and that they didn't, they could feel them and they had, they were entitled to them. 
um, but also to let kids know that that they were safe, and and um, you know, and we learned how he ad- addressed in his little microcosm of that set some real profound world issues. All of them. I All mean, virtually them. everything that happened um, globally, he he addressed. You particularly, I think, are moved by the the pool, the, that moment, right? Yeah. So they they would show these clips of what was going on in the world, and then they would show how he addressed it. And he was so, um, you know, so in control of that show, right? He wrote it. He directed it. He voiced all the puppets. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it was it was kind of um, a, a show that uh, it, one of the producers said in the film. There's nothing about this that, that should, should have work. worked, right? <laughs> Him as the star, the puppets, the land of make-believe, the whole thing the was The low a hot production mess. value. Right. Yeah, yeah, everything about it is just, a, is just like, you know, Bush League and yet. But then and they, yet. Fought, yeah, they all caught, you know, they, they interview all these people and they kind of all caught on at some point, wow, this guy knows what he's doing um, and what he has, what he's doing is so important. But so one of the, the events that he addressed was, um, in the 60s, you know, they were that African Americans weren't allowed to swim in white Americans' pools. And they showed this really chaotic, awful um, footage, news footage. And then, um, so on the show, he's quietly, as he often, he quietly addresses everything, which is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, is sitting with his feet in a baby pool with a hose on, you know. Oh, it's a hot day, and I'm cooling off my feet. And then um, Francois Clemens was an actor, an African American actor on the show, and he came by. He was the delivery guy, and he said, "Would you like to sit and cool your feet?" And he said, "Well, I don't have a towel." And he said, "Well, you can share my towel." So he sits down, and they show the black, you know, the African American black, the black feet and the white feet in the pool together. Um, you know, it was just addressing it head on. Look, kids. This is okay. Yeah. We're friends. We love each other. We're neighbors and we are in the same pool. And not only that, he's going to dry my feet, his feet with my towel. And actually, I'm going to do it for him. So it was this very, you saw as an adult what a profound, clear, all encompassing message that was, you know, addressing that head on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can feel also how kids, so easily take that in, yeah, right, and you can, of course, um, there there are many many snippets, uh, moment to moment in the film of children's faces and how engaged and lit up and happy they are, um, and here's this man in a tie and a sweater, and and he's talking quietly and gently and slowly to them, and he's playing a little piano. And he's feeding the fish. Oh yeah. And he's changing his shoes. You know, there's this kind of routine to let the kids know. See, there's there's certain routines. You know, like even if the world is changing all around you, right. certain things never change. Right. I'm gonna come in, and uh, your neighbor's here, yep. and I'm with you, and I love you the way you are. These and I'll m- always be here. These yeah. Easy messages that yeah. kids just take in. And he was so. Um, this this was not like a. I'm going to be a star on children's TV thing for him. He was just um, so kind of alarmed. Um, he, he never thought the pie in the face 
literally pie in the face bit for children was funny. You know, right. like the idea of slapstick, the idea of shaming or bullying or any of the stuff that, you know, you see in like a cartoon. Right. Um, that, you know, and, and literally like when when he says it and he reflects on children's television, you stop in the moment and you're like, what the hell are we doing? Right. You know, like what what messages are we giving to kids with all this noise and nonsense? And this is 50 years ago before we knew how loud we could make it, you know? Right. And this guy recognized, no, children are going to respond to kindness and calm and a gentle, consistent message of love and compassion yeah. and caring and acceptance. And in that way, this man was badass. One, one of our favorite scenes in the movie is on Nixon's committee. So this is Nixon comes into office with a budget crisis right. in 1968 and, and sees like, oh, geez, we're given $20 million to public broadcasting. I'm going to cut that. And so they hold these congressional hearings. And this senator, I think his name is Proctor, is not having it from not anybody it. anybody who's talking it's not on happening. behalf of public broadcasting. This is all, this is just, this is window dressing. But the point is, find a way to just cut the funding, right? You know, like, and then Mr. Rogers. So all these people take the mic. It takes three days or something. Mr. Rogers takes the mic. He has a couple of minutes. And he, what does he do? He effectively reads... Uh, he talks about the just the importance of the message um, that his show is giving to children that they need, and um, he he quotes the words of one of his songs. All right, and it's about I think it's about anger. Like it's okay to stomp your feet. It's okay to stomp your feet. You know, but you know, go ahead and do that, and then make a good choice. And you know, don't and it was and it was just a simple, sweet. Express your anger, but don't, um, you know, don't do, do someone harm or don't, or, you know, and, and it, the guy's like, okay, I get it. You've got the funding. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, you literally like, like, um, like watching the Grinch's heart grow or something yeah. like, you know, you see this guy soften as Mr. Rogers is talking and he effectively says, oh, I, effectively, he says, you just say public television, you're going to get the $20 million. <laughs> yeah, like this guy got it. Like, oh, that's... I, a, I think that's it's a, wonderful, he said. That's I think it's really just wonderful. That's a simple, really um, important message for all of us, especially for our kids. It was... That was mind-blowing, actually. So what I came away with is um, Mr. Rogers was a badass. He was a, he was a revolutionary and a radical in a way because he recognized the strength in openness and vulnerability. And think about how crazy it is and how, how gutsy it is as a man to talk like he spoke yep. at a time when this was, this was not what masculinity right. was about, right? Um, talk gently and sweetly and kindly to children and tell them he loves them. And, you know, it, it's... It's so powerfully moving and simple, and in a way, it's like, oh God, Mr. Rogers is dead. We don't have him anymore. Know, you know? know, like, like I think we're both a little in despair about that yeah. because we know not only could children use that message consistently from now until the end of time to know that they are perfect just the way they are, um, that their emotions are valid, 
and, you know, and recognized when they're little, three, four, five years old. Um, but it is incumbent upon us now to carry that forth. And it's not just for kids, you know, right. like he, he gave a crack at doing a show for adults. Oh, that's right. It looked like it should have worked, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was really cool what he was, he was trying to connect with adults in a similar way that he connected with kids. And for whatever reason, it didn't resonate at the time. I suspect it might be different were he alive today. Yeah. You know, I, I hope it would because, I don't know, just to cut to the chase here, we've created such chaos around us, such divisiveness and vitriol on screens and in person and um, and this guy's message and Morgan Neville, the filmmaker who decided now to bring it to the fore and say, remember Mr. Rogers? Let's have more of this, right. you know? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, this is, um, uh, you, you sound like you're kind of wrapping up, but I, I, I do want to bring up this one <clears throat> scene that is in the beginning of the movie that kind of we both looked at each other. In the land of make-believe, King Friday the 13th um, actually builds a wall. Yeah. Because someone's different. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember specifically why, but no, that, 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 that you're different. And so we're going to build, he builds this little like chicken wire wall, which they resolve and he, they, they are able to have him understand that everything is different is okay. And he takes the wall down. Literally King yeah. Friday takes Builds the wall a, down. But, guys. And, but the fact that we look at it, you're like, you know, what year was that? You know, we keep, it's in black and white. It's in black and white. We keep <laughs> kind of repeating the same things. And so, um, yeah, we all need to carry on his mission. He, he addressed the issues of the day with children head on. A year, less than a year after his show begins, Bobby Kennedy is assassinated in L.A. And Mr. Rogers literally has a puppet ask a person in the land of make-believe What's assassination? Right, right. And they address it. Yeah, they talk yeah, about it. They're yeah. like, you know, oh, it's when a, a person surprisingly kills another person. You know, and they, they, they really, he, he sits right with it. Like, yeah. kind of, how awful is that? Yeah. You know, like, um, that's scary. Yeah. I think the puppet says, that's scary. And it's like, yeah, it is scary. Yeah, we didn't, that, yeah, we did not realize how, yeah, he, he dealt with every issue that came up in the news for kids so that they could process it. To, to the extent that he was actually asked at post 9/11 to come and deliver a message for kids and he was he was um, not altogether comfortable that he was going to make an impact with the message and um, and and he did and, and it was lovely and brief and beautiful and um, it was something like you know um, you know thank you to all of you out there who are being in some way, a neighbor, a good neighbor and a good friend, you know, um, I know as we look forward, it's, it's a little scary, but, you know, thank you to all of you that are doing something, you know, connecting and positive. Um, and it was just simple and beautiful. And then he like played a little, a little bit on the piano. Yeah. I think he it. said like, I love you. I yeah. love you the way you are just kind of holding that consistent line. Yeah. And then this little piano and the piano interlude made me cry. Yeah, and it was, it was about three seconds long. Yeah, you know, simple. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what he most reminds me of in today, oddly enough, the the, the vibe, not the aesthetic or <laughs> or the presentation, but the vibe is um, queer eye. Um, queer eye. Hey, what is, do you mean? 
So um, Queer Eye is back on TV on Netflix. Um, Such a great show. <laughs> Queer Eye, if you remember Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, it's about maybe 10, 15 years old, something like that, where five gay men come in and make over some slob. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, and, you know, and it seemed, I, I remember, I didn't, we didn't watch it a whole lot when huh. it was first on, but, um, but Sam Patel, who hey, Sam. does, uh, hi, Sam, um, wrote me, uh, so Sam does some work with Julie and I, and, um, and she wrote me and said, hey, if you're not watching Queer Eye, check it out because it's, you're, you'll love the message. And, um, and weeks went by and we finally watched it. And so most all the episodes we've watched so far have taken place in Georgia with yeah. these kind of like um, hardcore redneck dudes, you know, who... A few, you yeah, think, there was, there's a variety, but yeah. There's a variety, yeah. yeah. So, so, but anyway, um, these guys come in and they effectively make over the guy and there's one guy in charge of fashion and there's one guy in charge of cooking and there's one guy in charge of culture and um, what am I missing? What are the other two guys? Uh, one guy we, does the design of the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, hair, like oh, and hair, yeah, yeah, yeah that guy, that guy's grooming. fabulous. <laughs> um, and so these guys come in, and um, and you think it, it, at first I'm thinking like, oh, these guys are kind of like um, almost like uh, blown up spoofy characters. No, no, these guys are who they are. This is a beautifully genuine, authentic week that they spend with these men, where they make them over, and there are these moments of connection. Um, the guy who does uh, the culture part is is a black man, and uh, he at one point they're making over this police officer whose partner um, had nominated him, and they literally talk about the uh, tension between black men and yeah. police officers yeah. in, in in this drive from Atlanta to where this guy lives in, in some trailer somewhere, and it is moving and important. It's probably the best treatise I've seen. And they come to this thing, this moment that where they're like, you know, this was my favorite part of the week. And I didn't think I was going to want to work with you at all. I didn't want to help you, you know. Yeah. And um, it was beautiful. And one, so every single episode of Queer Eye has tears, both ways. Absolutely. Both ways. And um, so it, it's about um, learning about people who are different connecting and then raising each other up like like right they, they take someone who's not feeling great about themselves and makes them feel fabulous and it's really inspiring it, it's it's totally inspiring and you real you say every time like oh man people are in such pain because these guys will say to the guy like you know he gets his beard trimmed or something you know and they're like Good God, you look amazing, you know. And they and, and it's not it's not over the top. It's just like exactly how they feel. Like, look at you, you look yeah. amazing, man. And and these guys are they break down from feeling good about themselves yeah. for once, you know. And in in a way, I feel like those guys more than almost anybody around, they're carrying Mister Rogers' message forward. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean it sincerely. No, right. Like, you know, this I agree. Unconditional acceptance. We're going to come in. We're going to reflect what we see in you that you're not seeing, and you're going to feel good about yourself in just a few days. And we're nowhere—we're nothing like each other, and, yep. we, and yet we are. And, and that's that's the beautiful message for everybody who watches the show. Yep, I and, agree. And, and I good. think that I think that there is this correlation. So if you want a taste of Mister Rogers in the modern era, queer eye, believe yeah. it or not, is the way to go. <laughs> but go um, see the movie. But too. go see it's the movie. Amazing. Yep, and. And I think, you know, um, 
in the name of a podcast called Better, um, our mandate is is to do the Julie Duffy and to light up when people for your children. Yeah. Light up for your neighbors. Light up for yourself. Right. L- listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, it, be a good neighbor because we're all connected, and we all belong to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And um. And, 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 and that's if, that. if people get that, I've said this before, it's not easy, but it is simple. Yeah. I'm not sure it's not easy. It might be easier than what we're doing. I mean, I think it's kind of easy, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't you make somehow, it look easy. Somehow, um, it's, it's simple. Let's just all um, just... Try a little harder. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to make an observation here. Um, so every once in a while, you and I will start to record a podcast okay. and we'll stop, right? We'll yeah. be like, eh, I don't like the vibe of this one so far. Okay. Somehow today, talking about Mr. Rogers, we've stopped and started a bunch of times because I think this message is really important to yep. us. And um, and so we're. I find that when I'm looking at you, and you and I are connecting that the message feels like it has a little more clarity and a through line than if I'm looking down trying, because I, I, I have a list of like bullet points, right. which I ignored yeah, and, because I wanted, and, and I, I realized that Mr. Rogers connected with children. He looked at them like we're looking at each other now. And these kids just light up in this most beautiful way. And it's, so that's what makes me think like, mm, maybe it's simple, maybe it's easier, you know, than, than all the chaos and all the noise that we create. Well, so much better. Eyes up. Better, better. <laughs> oh, um, and, and before we sign off, I just want to briefly make um, a little announcement here that um, Julie Duffy is a life coach. Yep. And has been for the last maybe 10, 12 years or so. I don't, I don't remember when you finished school. And you do groups and you work with um, individuals. And we really haven't talked about that. But we've decided that um, in order to kind of carry forth, I think, the message of our podcast, that we're going to join forces. We're going to be, you know, um, we, we're going to have a practice together. So yeah. we are going to be... I like the name Duffy Associates. We're, we're <laughs> open to ideas, um, but that's that's yeah. the plan. So um, Julie's going to continue her work, and we're going to work together. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And um, meanwhile, you're going to be creating your amazing art, yeah. right? And it's all going to happen in this space right yeah. here, you know, which is pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is better, and this hopefully, is better. this is better for all you guys too. We'll talk to you next time. Love you, honey. Love you. Happy Fourth. Happy Fourth. <laughs>